0: hey thanks for listening to the sandals church podcast our vision is to be real with ourselves god and others we hope you enjoy this special podcast episode of our teaching pastor alfredo ramos talking about faith doubt and deconstruction here's pastor alfredo ramos man there's so there's so much to be said on it right but it's it's my old faith but just with a new perspective on it I because it is a very personal thing, right? And by that I mean, there's real wounds that people have experienced. I believe it's true. And at the same time, I'm still puzzled by it. Yeah, well I think, um, man, there's so, there's so much to be said on it, right? It's a deeply personal thing. As much as it's gone you know, public and become a really popular thing to share about and experience kind of together, which I think is important to some degree, it's still a very deeply personal thing, right? People are uh, coming forward and sharing how like they they once believed certain things, they were once raised in you know maybe a Christian environment and now they've gone through a period of their life or a season of life in which they've kind of just start to slowly tear down these convictions they once held about God uh, Jesus, the church, um, the Bible, you know, and so um, I, I, I think in, in one way um, I can resonate with it because I, I've probably been, I mean, I'm 35 years old, but I've definitely walked through seasons where I've had to tear down things that I once held to be true, you know, um, but thankfully have kind of found my way out in, into, into not something that's necessarily new, but it's, it's my old faith, but just with a new perspective on it, I guess, you know, and so I think what's happening today, um, as I see it, not, as, not just as a regular person, but even as a pastor, is that people are walking through this kind of phase of deconstruction, hoping to find something new. And I just don't know if anything's out there, you know. I, I think the hope is that you would find your old faith, but with a new perspective. You know, you'd find Jesus, but, but, with, a, but with a deepening, I guess, you know, like a new, a new, a new level to life, you know. Um, and th- that would be my hope, I think, as I kind of experience it and see it happening to so many people. because it is a very personal thing, right? That, and, and by that I mean, um, especially if you're watching this, there's real wounds that people have experienced, right? Like people are deconstructing because people have hurt them. Um, church cultures have hurt them, right? People who say they believe these certain things about Jesus or the Bible um, have hurt these other individuals, you know. And so we have to be honest that oftentimes there's a wound there, right? And uh, and, and it makes deconstruction I think important because here here's the reality. I'll, I'll make it personal too for myself, right? Before we just start to like go off on a tangent, but I was handed, I was handed the Christian faith and the gospel by people, right? In a church community, I I didn't have to work for it. Like I didn't. I didn't have to go searching far and away for it. Like, I was handed the gospel and these important truths by a community of people, which I'm very grateful for, right? We might call that the construction part, right? Construction is when your faith starts, the origin, right? The origin story of your faith in Jesus, when you first meet Him, and everything's fresh, and you believe the gospel, and you love every worship song at every service, right? Like, it just, man, you're on cloud nine, right? You're handed it by a community what you start to realize over time is that community is an imperfect community of people. No matter how genuine they are, no matter how kind they are, no matter how persistent they are offering you Jesus, they're still an imperfect group of people. I'm an imperfect pastor at an imperfect church, right? And as we hand the gospel to people, often we hand them the gospel with cultural layers to it, with our own baggage to it. And so there is an important part of deconstruction where you have to With wisdom and time, pull apart the unhealthy aspects of what you received when you received the gospel, right? It's a lot like this. My mom has been a nurse for 45 years. It's incredible, right? For a period of time, she worked at a hospital where her goal as a medical professional was to get people out of hospitals, which is weird to think about because people go to the hospital to get well. But oftentimes, there's this particular um, medical term they have, I can't think of it right now. But it describes how people get more sick in the hospital when they're trying to get healthy. And it's because the hospital itself has its own diseases in it, right? And so my mom, for a time, worked as a medical professional whose goal was to get people healthy, but healthy in a way that they can get out of the hospital before they caught something else. It's the same thing with church. Like, we get the gospel, but at the same time, you get it in an environment where you can also catch other things, right? And so oftentimes, deconstruction is important because you have to pull apart these layers that are unhealthy, these things that aren't necessarily uh, what it actually means to follow Jesus, you know. And um, the goal, though, is to see deconstruction, I think, not as an end in itself, but as a means to a greater end. Um, And and that's where you you actually grow deeper, right? And so I would say from a personal level, um, even beyond just a pastor, just thinking, man, like, deconstruction can, in a lot of ways, be an invitation from the Holy Spirit to grow deeper in prayer and to grow deeper in community and I think what we see like even on TikTok for example 21 million views on just the hashtag of deconstruction that's crazy right that means people are out there looking for a community to help them explain what's happening to them and so the church should see that and be like wow we should be that community that is still with them, right? And so we should make space at our table, we should make space in our churches and our pews for people to walk through doubt. Because doubt and asking questions and, and, and challenging things that you first believed is not a sign that you don't believe, it's a sign that you do believe. It is a sign that you have faith and you're trying to process, you know? And so we have to create space for people who are working through this. It's no accident that millions of people are jumping on the deconstruction train and trying to figure out what they once believed in, you know? Um, Because I think it's an invitation from the Holy Spirit to grow deeper in community, not to run away from it. I think it's a chance to grow deeper in prayer and not to run away from it, you know? And so as people are processing, like, man, God, like, what's going on? The world feels so much bigger than it once was when I first believed all these things. And that's true. It has. But at the same time that the world has gotten bigger, your view of God needs to get bigger, too. That's why I would encourage people to sit. When you don't know what to pray, you don't know what to think, you don't know what to read, just sit in silence. Just be before God and realize that God requires nothing of you in that moment and you don't need to require anything of God but just presence, you know? And that's what I mean by like a deepening prayer life because that's what I experienced personally coming out of a time of where I had to kind of tear down some things that I once thought were true about Christianity, were true about what it meant to follow Jesus, that I realized was just extra baggage. It was the unhealthy parts that I had picked up in the hospital, right? And so, um, silence and solitude helped to create space for that to happen, you know, and to find relationships where it was safe enough to ask questions. It was safe enough to doubt, you know. It's amazing that one of Jesus' own disciples was doubting Thomas. Like he had his own his own moments of like, did this really happen? You know, and it's so fascinating because Thomas in the end of the Gospels, he's he hasn't seen Jesus yet. He's got questions, is this actually true? And it's so funny cuz Jesus has been with everyone else like and he's been eating, which I think is great. Like the resurrected Jesus eats a lot of meals. Like that's one of the most common things you see in the gospels. What is Jesus doing after he beat death? He's eating food, which I think is pretty dope, you know. But when he finally gets to gets to a moment where he's with Jesus, Thomas himself says, "Unless I can see it, then I'll believe," which is so often the case for a lot of us. Like unless it makes sense to me, like unless, unless God meets me on my terms, then I'll agree. And I think, I think that's the danger, right? Like if, if the ocean fits in your spoon, it's not the ocean, right? And so if God can fit in our box, it's, it's not God, you know? And so we have, to, we have to open ourselves up to the possibility that, man, just maybe, maybe I cannot come to God on my terms alone. And silence and solitude creates a practice for you to learn what that feels like and can be like as you, as you meet God in just open free silent space you know and I, I think that's so so crucial so I think if you know if we start to see deconstruction not as just an end in itself right where you, you just go through deconstruction and then you're done or you're free or liberated whatever you think you kinda are your goal is but if you see deconstruction as a means to another end I think it allows you to return to your your old faith, but just in a new kind of way. You see it in a new perspective. And I think what that can look like is you can hold your doubts, your questions, and your worship together in the same way. Like I think worshiping God and doubting can coexist. And I think they do coexist in the life of people who are following Jesus. Because maybe previously with my old faith, I used to think, well, I have to really believe this, and understand it, and then like I can walk according to it. But I think it's possible to believe in something, to still have questions about it, and to still walk according to it, right? I think it's very possible for worship and doubt to be held together, because there's so much mystery to life, you know, there's a lot of complexity there. And if you take any like kind of historic um, teaching of Christianity, like the things that have been core and foundational from the inception of the church, they're all deeply mysterious things. Jesus is both God and man, right? Like the, the, the son of God, um, his divine nature and his human nature in one person is still a deeply mysterious doctrine. Asking questions along the way, you know, getting clarity here and there. The virgin birth, the resurrection. Oh my gosh. Like the resurrection is something we long... To, to know fully about, and yet at the same time we, we'll always have questions, you know? And so, um, that doesn't necessarily change it. Like, did it happen or not? Like, it, of course it happened, you know? I think it's the best explanation for the church in and of itself, you know? And so, yeah, I think as you go through deconstruction, you begin to experience what people call reconstruction, which is returning to your old faith in a new way. experienced um, a a real wound or maybe like just you know five or ten years of being in an unhealthy even toxic religious environment that's kind of maybe led to this time in their life in which they're deconstructing Um, number one I would apologize and just man I'm sorry that that's that's not the way of Jesus Um, it's unfortunate that you've experienced an unhealthy form of leadership and an abuse of power maybe applying or forcing a kind of cultural expression of Christianity over you that isn't necessarily inherently true to the teachings of the New Testament, right? The, the, the way of Jesus. And, and so I would first just lament and say, man, that God laments with you um, and God can sit with you in that frustration. And then to consider it as an invitation into rediscovering it, right? So like Henry Nouwen famously said, the church can be in the way of God, but it will never stop being the way to God. And so, I do, I do believe, even as a pastor, that I think the way to experience healing for those who have been hurt even by the church is to return to a healthy church environment. So, no doubt, there is a time to be away. There is a time to kind of seek the help that's needed. Um, but at some point, I think. A beautiful expression of that healing will be when you return home, when you go back home, and you find a genuine expression of Christianity, of uh, the love of Jesus expressed through His people, um, the church, pastors, church members. Right? I think there is for because here's the thing: for every like you know ten people who are online saying like, "Man, I'm so done," there's about fifty faithful people you'll never hear about. Right? And so. There is a temptation to think what, what I see on the screen of my phone is the fullest representation of everything. That's not always true, right? There's so much of what God is doing behind the scenes. Um, and so I, I would say, man, what, what you're seeing online, what you've even experienced in your own life, isn't the full representation of what is out there when it comes to churches, you know? And so it's very possible for you to experience healing as you re enter a healthy church where people are. Um, remaining honest and true to the teachings of Jesus, the historic Christian faith, and doing so in a way that leads to love and um, an openness of community so that anyone can come and join and follow Jesus in a real way and remain true to what Scripture is saying, you know. And I think, I think that's so possible, you know, especially for people who are, who are hurt. Um, it just, it just it takes time, you know, it takes time. However, I would say, I think the deepest healing happens still in the church community. I think it's there, you know, and um, that's what I would hope for anyone who's sharing their feelings online. Because here's the thing, as people come out with their testimonies man, some of them are powerful, some of them are needed, some of them are somewhat silly and funny because, you know, you just kind of poke fun at the weird kind of cultural expressions of Christianity. Because if there's anything we're good at doing as Christians is like making things kind of weird and awkward at times. And so some of their testimonials are lighthearted, right? And you kind of just like, oh my gosh, yeah, my church would say that too, or we did that too. But at the same time, the very fact that you're giving a testimonial is a sign that you need people to hear you and see you in your deconstruction. We're just designed for that, you know? And uh, I think because of that being true, you can find a healthy church community. You know, I I think of... uh, Jesus, as he's resurrected on the road to Emmaus in Luke's gospel, he's walking with his disciples, he's reteaching them the law, the Psalms, the prophets, and they don't know it's Jesus yet. They don't know he's rose yet. And they say to each other after that, that exchange along the road, they say, didn't our hearts burn within us as he taught to us the scriptures, right? And I think that can happen for anyone who's working through deconstruction, man. Their hearts can burn again within them as they rediscover their old faith in a new way, you know, and then re-enter Christian community. I think it's really possible, you know. And so my hope, not just as a pastor, just as a person following Jesus, would be that anyone who's working through deconstruction would see it as an invitation from the Spirit of God Himself to bring you back into Christian community at some point because it's very possible for that to happen, you know. Um, I, I think there's real hurt, there's real pain, not to minimize it or ignore it, but uh there is i think a, a, another way you know where you can find a community that won't judge you for doubting and won't completely liberate you for doubting either and just saying go and do your thing but they'll faithfully walk with you you know i think that's the option that jesus offers all of us is not to condemn or to just say yeah go do go do your thing because of your doubts but to say let's walk together through this you know and i think that's that's really what we all do at the end of the day you know and that, that's that would be my hope I think of that over a good meal man, I keep thinking about food as you watch this but I think you know I grew up not liking Brussels sprouts and I started going to restaurants as I got older where they made Brussels sprouts as an appetizer and I thought Wow, well, would anyone pay thirteen dollars for an appetizer of Brussels sprouts at a gastropub and then I had them and I was completely mesmerized by these green caramelized onionized just grease filled amazing things with bacon on it syrup And I said, man, it's not so much that I don't like Brussels sprouts, I just don't like what I experienced from bad expressions of Brussels sprouts, you know? When I got them in their fullest glory, they were so good, you know, they were so good. And oftentimes, I think a lot of kind of low level deconstruction is people not, not deconstructing Jesus, but bad expressions of people following Jesus. And there's so much more beautiful out there, man. There's a real Brussels sprout plate out there that's waiting for you, that's the real thing. That's well done, and I think so much uh, can be said too about Jesus in that way. Man, there's something real about Him that we can be invited in to follow. So, yeah, yeah. Again, you know, you have this this coined phrase and title for one of the disciples, doubting Thomas. And what I find so important about his story is that, you know, Jesus knows everything. He knows Thomas is doubting, and yet He lets Thomas sit in his doubt for a period of time. Now why do that? Like why, why do all these other people get to see the resurrected Jesus, who Thomas keeps hearing about but hasn't seen yet? Why allow him to sit in it? And I say this because, as we work through these seasons of deconstruction, it, it can take time, right? There can be a season in which God just allows you to sit in it. Man, read the Psalms, there's so many Psalms where God just lets you sit in it. And I think part of the reason is, is because when you do come out of it, man, your roots are so much deeper because of the time you had to sit in it, you know? in other words there's a there's a maturation there's a maturity that happens at times when when we have to wait longer you know so that when we come out the roots are incredibly deep they're so so deep you know i think of high school kids i used to be a high school teacher and i taught the bible i taught both theology and how to interpret the bible and i i would encourage high school kids who were sometimes too ashamed to admit that they just weren't sure if they really believed what they still believed you know going through a Christian school and being in a Christian environment and I would try to encourage them like look this might take longer than you think longer than your parents might hope for it but God I think is faithful to see you through to the very very end you know um, because something about the depth of the kind of person you will become is on the other side of that season of working through questions you know and I, and I would say the people who were most drawn to The people who really like are kind of just magnetic people in our lives. I'm almost positive that many of them are people who have gone through seasons of doubt and seasons of questions. Long seasons of doubt, right? And the reason why they're just so great with people and they're so kind and they're so patient and they're so wise is because they've had to sit in it for some time, you know. And so I would say that to any of you guys, man, doubting Tom, he had to wait. Jesus let him wait. God lets us wait sometimes because what's going to come out on the other end is the roots being deep, deep, deep into the ground um, because of the long, the time that it's taken to get there.